Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, <clears throat> episode 140 of One Before I Die. Thank you for joining in. Whether you're listening to us on the Bill and Buffalo Network or on our own feed, we are glad to have you back for another episode. Um, it is official now that you know we've talked about the past couple of weeks with everything being pretty slow, but it is officially now the dog days of summer, hockey coming to an end, the Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup, and um, everything is over. It's only baseball until football comes uh, about in about two months or so. So it is uh, officially that time of year, but we're still grinding here. We're back for another episode. So Ethan, how you doing over there before we kind of get into everything uh, for, for episode 140? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, sucks that sucks that hockey's over finally. Um, great, great Stanley Cup this year though. Great Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah, it um, was an awesome series. And it was also awesome because I was right from the jump. Credit to me. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't start off with that. I was I give you your props last week. I, I thought you were gonna bring it up yourself, so I let you do that. Yeah, but we were talking about how you know you can't count the lightning, which I admitted. Mm-hmm. But I mean I was pretty spot on from the start of the playoffs. So yeah, you had Colorado winning uh the cup obviously over Tampa. So I mean pretty good to get them to to pick them to win it, not only them just to win it, but to have them going against Tampa. So pretty uh, you know, I'm gonna give you your respect, your props while it's due. Um uh I'm also I don't know if you can tell or anything. I'm I'm very tired, had a quick trip weekend to Pittsburgh this past weekend, a little Friday to Sunday, four hour drive each way. So I'm a little bit tired. You might have to carry the episode here. Um a little bit <laughs> You look like you got some like allergies flar- flaring up. Is that I don't know stuffy nose or what my little puffy face or something. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like you got like some dry eyes action. I don't know. Maybe it's just a long weekend. Just long weekend. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I didn't take any time off work. So it's your dry. I I know it's not super far, but four and a half hours each way, Friday night after work, Sunday. Um, That adds up. It's a quick turnaround. So I'm just kind of getting back in the swing of things here, but um, glad to be back on the mic here for, uh, looks like we're, we're, we're finally getting our consistency back a little bit. I know I, uh, we spoke about it last week and just, we took a few weeks off, you know, here and there, just some things going on, but we're back to, uh, our regu- regularly scheduled program here. Second one back in a row. Um, and, and for the, uh, right for the built in Buffalo listeners who may be new this year, you know, you might be thinking there's no bills, there's no sabers. What are these guys going to do? You know, the summer, some may say that this is when the one before I die podcast shines. It's we true. Some, <laughs> we come up with some creative uh, talking topics. You know, yeah, we, for those that missed it last year, we did, you know, build your own backyard barbecue, yep. <laughs> which was a which was a great snake draft um, during quarantine. We did. Uh, what was it? What was it? <laughs> well, quarantine was a whole different beast. That was just. Uh, that was. It seems like you know. At least last year and in, in this summer, it's there's at least some sports going on or something. I mean, quarantine, everything shut down, and we had to get real creative with it. I mean, we did. I mean, we always like to talk about it, but our I think our funniest topic was just you know what we were eating during quarantine. Our favorite <laughs> snacks, our favorite keeping meals. it light and tight. Um, I think during quarantine, you know, that's when you've gotten to the soccer game and you're watching Everton a little bit. So yeah, still. I mean, still, we, and that's that's hanging on. I'm still watching Everton. Yeah, I mean, we were we were pumping them. Wait, speaking of Everton, actually, that now that you brought that up, I thought I yeah. saw something on Twitter or something online where they were up for relegation, dude. I thought I'd talk to you about this. You I did, thought but talk- you, you, you said it was kind of in the mix of it, but I thought like maybe this past week, did they have their game? Like, did it actually go no, down? No, so this, like, this, was, they- this was months ago. And, 
you know, I picked Everton during quarantine, was watching them, talked to my buddies on like how I picked this team, right? Like in soccer, if you don't, if you come in the bottom three in the league, you basically get demoted to the minors. So I was right. like, all right, I don't want to pick a team that's going to be battling to get demoted. Like I want someone that's going to be there every year. I don't want to pick a bandwagon team like Man City or Chelsea. That's just going to be like, you know, the, the, the New England Patriots of the 2000s that are just, you know, in the championship every year. Yep. Um, I want like a grinder team, kind of like the Bills that can like build their way up. So like, oh, Everton, you know, they, they have a long history. This year they end up like they were, <laughs> they were about to get relegated, but they battled it out. And it was probably the most exhilarating soccer games I've ever watched, which is, you know, it's soccer. But still like those last couple of games, I was like glued in front of my TV, just going ham, watching these games with these like terrible soccer teams play. It was, it's like, it would be like watching the Sabres in the tank play the Arizona Coyotes, like in March to not get the first draft pick. Right. Like, so you are cheering for season. So it's like a horrible hockey team yeah. to, to, to win a game. It's, it was, it was crazy. So, so they ended so up did, staying up. So, okay. That's what my next question was be. They ended yeah. up staying up then, but it's like classic me where I, 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 I finally start rooting for this team. And then like, they haven't been relegated since like the 1960s or something. So like 50 years and like, I start rooting for them. And then all of a sudden they get like, they're about to get relegated. So I probably would have stopped watching soccer if that happened. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that, that came about during quarantine, you started picking up the Everton soccer team. Um, but yeah, like, like Ethan said, if you, you know, it's obviously there's no Bills or Sabres actual games or anything going on, you know, and still news does come up during the summer. I mean, that, that will come up, of yeah. course, with training camp getting We got closer. free agency for hockey right free around the corner with the right draft. The, corner. The, the draft is coming up really hot, and we, all, you know, we, we know it's going to be a pretty big offseason for the Sabres and, and also for the built and Buffalo crowd. I know that it's mainly a Buffalo Bills kind of, uh, network and that's kind of what it is it was started as and most of the podcasts and content that comes from it is build stuff um, but I mean if you do have I mean, we said this when we started with them but if you do have that interest in hockey and um, you want to get to you know learn more about the savers and everything like we are always talking about them as well uh, obviously you probably know that by now but um, it's a great you know way to kind of get into it just with a, a lot more savers talk as well um, so yeah keep tuning in in the summer we're going to get creative with it we like to do different stuff. And I say this every episode as well, but if you have suggestions or if you have different topics that you want us to talk about in a different way, you know, fire away to us, let us know in the, in the DMS and the comments and everything. And we're, we're open to get everybody involved. Um, you know, I like to kind of answer different questions from fans and stuff like that as well. So um, without further ado, we'll get into this episode. And I kind of said at the beginning of the episode of, of the abs winning the Stanley cup, we'll talk about that a little bit because it is a interesting, you know, thing here with the abs winning the cup i think it's the first time they won it since the early 2000s with joe sackick and all those guys joe sack now the gm of the team but the thing is the abs like five six years ago the 2016 2017 season they were by far the worst team in the league so we'll talk about that and kind of how it maybe relates to the sabers and where they've been the past few years and maybe gives us a little bit of hope because you look at that season that they had five years ago it was worse than the season that the Sabres had when they were taking for Eichel. So that was just mm -hmm. a short period of time ago. And now they're at the top with an absolute wagon of a team. Um, and then as we kind of allude to also Sabres offseason is right around the corner. The drafts around the corner, Darren Dreger, a hockey insider. Uh, I believe he works for TSN. I don't know. He's one could, of your favorites. Could be wrong there. I don't know. He, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into that too, but he was on the instigators 
Buffalo's uh, Sabres podcast this past week. I didn't listen to it, but I did see a clip that Ethan um, – or sorry, not a clip, but just kind of a, a little like spark notes version of kind of what went down on it, what he said on it, and so just some interesting things that he said as well. So I guess without further ado, we'll get into this. Avs win the Cup, and as I alluded to, the 2016-2017 season, Colorado Avalanche finished seventh in their division – Last in the entire league, 48 points in the league. The, the, and the Sabres, like I uh, referred to earlier, when they were tanking for Eichel, obviously one of their worst seasons of all time, they had 54 points. So you look at this Avs team that finishes with 48 points. After that year, and that was Jared Bednar's first year as head coach, by the way. The, this guy won a uh, Calder Cup in, uh, in the AHL. I think he won something else as a juniors coach or something. Just winning throughout his entire his entire career goes up. Former first. Rochester American, by the way. Jared Bednar is? Yeah. I did not know as a player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that little, little tidbit there then. Um, I, I believe. Uh, continue. I'll uh, fact check myself here. Yeah. So, anyway. The, so, first year he, he was uh, – I was listening to the the game last night, and this is where I got the information from. Is he won the Calder Cup as the AHL uh, coach of the the AHL team of the Avalanche, and then I believe it was the next year or maybe that year that Sackick became the GM of the Avalanche. So he was like right at the beginning of Sackick's career. He was like, you know, I need a coach here. I think uh, Patrick Wah was maybe coaching the Avs before that, and it just wasn't going well. Like I was a head case behind the bench. He's like, all right, I'm taking over as GM. I need to find me a coach. Might as well just go right down to our farm where, you know, this guy won the, um, the, the, the Calder Cup, and uh, I'll hire him. He comes in, they, they stink, 48 points. And then since that year, they didn't, mix, they didn't miss the playoffs once. Made the playoffs, I think, lost in the first round the next year. And mm-hmm. then obviously the past three years lost in the second round. But then this year they get over the hump and they win the cup. So it's just really interesting to see that if you do the rebuild right, and we've talked about the rebuild a lot with the Sabres, maybe, you know, fans get a little bit, anxious they they want to maybe speed things up they get a little bit um you know over hype about waiting in the process and everything um but if you if you let kind of everything go the right way and you let Kevin Adams and these guys kind of make the moves that they keep wanting to make and you don't you know jump the gun and kind of everything that went down in our first attempt at a rebuild with Eichel and we're trading for you know we get O'Reilly and we're, and we're basically trying to push so hard um and it just didn't work. We're, we're putting the wrong players around uh, our stars. And it, it just shows to me that if you do it the right way, you trust the process, you wait a little bit, you can build a nice little team. And, you know, it doesn't have to be an eight to 10 year rebuild every time. You can do a rebuild in five years and you can do a rebuild in even less of that. And, and I'm not even saying the Sabres need to win the cup the next year, right? The, the Avs made the playoffs four or five times before they got over the hump. But after that year of, of having 48 points, they're right in the playoffs the next year, and they're building every year after that and getting better and finding pieces that work. So to me, that's the, the main story if we're going to relate it to a Sabres type thing. Obviously, you know, from an Avalanche perspective, we're not fans of the Avs. You know, congrats to them, but I don't really care about your team. It's just more so relating to the Sabres here where there is some hope for us, right? It's If you do the rebuild the right way, which it looks like, that's the case over the past couple of years here. Now with Granado and Kevin Adams, like, We've talked about it a ton with the hope that they're bringing to us. I mean, it, it's it's possible. And you have a core that you can build around. Um, it can go down. One other thing before you hop in here mm-hmm. is speaking of a core, there was five players that were on that Avs team with 48 points five years ago that were on the Cup team tonight. And it was, I believe it was McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Eric Johnson, JT Comfer, 
and Gabriel Landeskog. So five like very important players, right? So it's like almost to relate that to what the Sabres are now. It's almost like a Tuck, Krebs, Tage Thompson, like maybe those guys that you can build around right now are going to still be here five, six, seven years later when we're making deep playoff runs. So those, you know, those guys stuck it out, you know, one of the worst seasons in the NHL history of all time, 48 points, but they were there at the beginning. They, you know, saw the potential in their team. Uh, Landis Gog, the captain of the team, has been there for like 10 years. Eric Johnson. That's crazy, yeah. Eric Johnson's been uh, – he was the number one overall pick back in his day by the St. Louis Blues, actually. He played two seasons there. Then he played 14 years for the Avs, and he finally got over the hump. So, um, it's just crazy where they they, they were. And, and, I mean, if you look back five years ago, they were, they were terrible. But um, there is hope out there, and if you do it the right way, it can – it can go your way. I mean, 10, 10 years ago too, we just talked about five years ago, they had 48 points. Yeah. Oh, I guess this doesn't, it's not apples to apples. I was going to say 2012, 2013, they had 39 points, but that was, that was in 48 games. Cause that was a lockout season. Never mind. Uh, okay. Um, but I mean, before, before they, uh, before that season that you talked about that 48 point season, out of the next one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, they only made the playoffs one other time. So they were like in a minute streak of missing the playoffs. Now, granted, they weren't that bad. I'm looking at these point totals. Like they had, um, you know, 88 points missing the playoffs, 90 points, 82 points missing the playoffs. Like, you know, they, they're having winning seasons and missing the playoffs, which is tough. That means like you're in a really, you know, really tough division there. But um, Wait, are you talking, is that like before, are you talking about before the 48 point season? Yeah, before. Okay. They, yeah, because so I just, think they probably blew it all up, and that's when, like I think Wa got fired. That's when Sackett came in as a GM and hired Batnar, and that's when they like yeah. really struggled, and then they kind of turned it around. Right. But still, I'm just saying, you know, the Sabers, similar situation, man. Like we were, we're struggling. We're. I feel like we're at this inflection point, kind of like in a Bednar situation, where we get Donnie Meatballs coming in. We have Kevin Adams got new GM, right? New, new blood. We, ha- we didn't have a 48-point terrible season this year. But I think we're, you know, maybe it's not as dr- dramatic as going from 48 points to, you know, making the playoffs and, um, you know, even if losing the fr- – like losing in the first round, that would be incredible this year. Mm-hmm. If the Sab- We just talked about this last week on ranking our confidence on what's going to happen. You have the Sa- – you, you think it's more likely the Bills win a Super Bowl than the Sabres even making the playoffs next year. I do too. Like we both rank that higher. So even making the playoffs next year and losing in the first round would be absolutely incredible. Um, and he made a lot of good points as far as like these guys sticking it out. Landis Cog, 10 year captain. He was named captain at 19. We talk about, we talk about uh, the Sabres next captain a lot. Right. And we, it's probably going to be a Poso and, but you know, it, the next captain af- after a Poso is going to probably be a young guy. It's going to be maybe early twenties, maybe like a, a Darlene or a, um, you know, maybe Owen Powell. I don't know. Like it could be any of these kind of younger guys that are coming up and maybe, you know, they'll stick around for the next 10 years and maybe it'll take, you know, five, six, seven years before they finally crack through. But it, it goes to show you that you got to get that core right. Um, and we've talked yeah. about that uh, for the, well, the, it, the real entire quick, it also, season. Real quick. It also shows that like you exactly what you just said, you got to get the core right. And it, it shows that how it, like, the abs of what they did of getting their core right, sticking it out, it, it, it shows that how bad the Sabres screwed up back when they drafted Eichel too because right. if you want to compare any seasons to, to each other, you could 
technically compare the 48-point season by the Avalanche to the 54-point season right before the tank to the Sabres. Right. And you get Eichel, and then they make all these crazy moves, and they try to rush the, you know, the, the rebuild and everything, and it just goes south. And, 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 and it, so it shows that it's like – it was possible to turn that around faster than, you know, maybe people were thinking. And maybe at the time I was saying, Hey, you know, whatever it's, they're still bad. They don't have the right players yet. They're, you know, give them a little bit more time. Um, but they just didn't do it the right way. And it shows that it was possible to have done it the right way. And um, they just screwed up very, very badly and they didn't and get the core right. And it just didn't work out. You, you know, it's crazy too. The 2017 NHL draft avalanche drafted Kale McCarr. Yeah, and just one of the best players in the league now. But you know what's even more crazy in that draft? So they they finished dead last, right? And they slipped to the fourth draft spot in that draft. So they they finished dead last. They ended up getting shafted and picking fourth. That was you know it was it was different. This the, the NHL draft format I feel like switches every year with this freaking lottery. But back then, yeah, I guess I you could really you could have slipped it. more. And so they slipped all the way to fourth, which is as far back as they could have they could have gone. New Jersey, who finished fifth to worst, ended up winning the lottery. And the three guys that went before Kale McCarr, fourth overall, the Avalanche, Jersey picked Nico Heischer, Philly picked Nolan Patrick, and the Stars took Heiskanen, who, who's, who's pretty good. But And then the Avs ended up taking Kale McCarr, who's probably the second best player in the NHL right now. So, yeah. I mean, that you're right. Like, that's that's exactly comparable, right? You pick a superstar guy like Kale McCarr. The Sabres go on to pick a superstar guy like Eichel. The core is just not even close to the same, though. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, it also proves how, how important drafting is. And it, it goes back to the core where I said these five guys stuck around. I know I, I know said Eric Johnson, who wasn't drafted by the Avs, um, drafted by St. Louis, but he played – only two years in St. Louis and then literally like 14 years in Colorado came over in the third, but JT Comfort drafted by Avalanche, part of that, uh, that court in that bad season, I believe Randon also drafted by the Avalanche. Um, and then obviously McKinnon drafted by the Avs and uh, you know, McCarr and all these guys. So it, it is possible. You do it the right way. Trust the process. Don't, you know, get ahead of yourself. Don't rush the timeline, you know, so to say, that's why also maybe if we, if we're kind of leaning into our next topic here on the podcast of, the Sabres offseason and like kind of the things that came up with Dreger um, and, and maybe rumors I've been seeing online. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of things I feel like out there that Sabres fans are wanting to almost like jump the gun on stuff. And, and I know we were like so low on the cap, but it just seems like maybe a lot of Sabres fans out there right now are just trying to throw our money for the almost like win now mode, which like I get, like we have like a team that like we can, but like you still have to just be patient. I feel like, and I feel like that's something that, we've talked about where it's hard because we haven't made the playoffs in 10 years, but in the grand scheme of things, like look at what the abs just did, right? Like be patient with it. Like let maybe Adams and these guys go to work. Um, they're a lot more like analytically focused now, which is big nowadays. And it just seems like they've made the right decisions over the past year. So let that kind of, kind of ride out. But without further ado, I guess we'll go into those kind of points that you, you know, you, you shot me that DM on Instagram this past week of Darren Dreger being on the instigators podcast. And he had a, few things to say about the Sabres this offseason. And the reason why you sarcastically kind of jokingly said, like, oh, you're a big fan of him is because the last time that, you know, the Sabres were big in the news about what's going on with their team was obviously the Eichel saga last summer. And, you know, it seemed like every week, it seemed like we started talking about Eichel and what's going to happen with him in maybe April of last year, right? It was like 
towards the end of the season because um, he was obviously hurt. And it, it seemed like in May, like in June, like right around the same time last year is right when we started talking about him and Dreger and Elliot Friedman and all these guys are saying they have updates on him and they're saying the same thing every week, every week, every week, and nothing happened until like, I don't even know when the trade went down, like right before the season started or whatever. So that's why it was a funny Dreger thing because it's like this guy can just say whatever he wants and he just seemed like he was never know what he was talking about with the Eichel situation. So now whatever he's saying right now, it's like, I mean, I mean, we'll start it right here. It's basically on the podcast from the clip notes here is like, yeah, like I could say the same things. Like basically he's saying, yes, yeah, Sabres are trying to get more players to like be a better team. Like his quotes are, I think Buffalo is going to be a team that's interesting here in the next few weeks ahead. Like, okay, that's just a soundbite where it's like that gets you excited, but like that's so vague. Um, he goes, Kevin Adams has made it abundantly clear that Sabres are in the market for forwards, top six, bottom six, whatever you got. Like, okay, that seems like something I could have like figured out myself. I think they're willing to take a chance on goaltending through free agency. And I think they want to bolster their blue line. So basically they're going after every position, right? Like what, like, I don't know if there's anything really like, juicy there. Um, I know the Jack Campbell rumors were out there, which, which he like hinted on, but like you go through these points here and it's like saying that they're, they're looking at, they're looking at every position where it's like, yeah, they're like a rebuilding team where they, they need every position still. So like, this was like, I don't know, I guess cool to see Dreger commenting, but it didn't really like move the needle at all for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I agree with that. I mean, the interesting thing to me though, is, is free agency talking top six. And I know it's Dreger, so I can't, you know, you, you hit it on the head. Like, this guy is just looking for clicks at this point. The whole Eichel saga was just a gong show with this guy. It was like every week he said the same thing and nothing would ever happen. So, all I've been seeing is, especially with that move uh, to get um, Bishop to take on his salary, that's a move to me that signals that they're not going to go pay somebody in free agency. Um, so like going after a top six winger or, you know, forward, that would kind of maybe be a shock to me in free agent. Now a trade would be different. Cause like, I think the Sabres are in prime position to make a trade, like a hockey trade to get a guy like an Alex Tuck or younger, um, maybe package one of their draft picks an, a rumor that I've seen floating around, not a rumor, but I've seen like trading one of their later draft picks, um, and maybe, a younger prospect for like a Kirby doc or something like that, you know, out of, out of Chicago, I could see a trade like that go down. And I don't know, doc, doc kind of had like a, you know, down year last year, but he's still young. Um, I wouldn't hate that trade. I don't know. We'll see. But like a trade like that, I could see happening, but going after like an of getting Melkin or like any of those type of players that I don't see happening. So, I have a question for you because this is obviously a hot topic with the Sabres is goaltending. Yeah. And I've kind of come around to a different angle on this from a, from my opinion of what I think they should be maybe looking at going forward. But obviously goaltending was a thing last year that we needed to improve on. My question though, is there's, I feel like there's maybe a couple sides of this. There's a lot of Sabres fans that maybe want to just pay some veteran goalie a ton of money for a one-year contract just to have him play for that year. Um, you know, to have a goalie and we have the cap space for it. Like, like what's your opinion on all this? Because I feel like that, like a lot of Sabres fans, like wanting, like, like the goalie is the number one thing. It's like, what is really the point of doing that? Again, I go back to like rushing the timeline. Like to me, why don't you play UPL? You have, you have, uh, 
what's his face from Levi in the pipeline in Northeastern, which, you know, we're planning on signing him. You have Portillo, which I know he has a threat to walk, but like, I, th- I think they plan on signing him. Like you have the goalies in the pipeline that could eventually be the, you know, the players on your Sabres teams. Like to me, like what's the point of signing a goalie for a one-year thing for a ton of money when like, I, like, I don't know, like what, what your thoughts are on that. Like, what's your thoughts on like what they do with the goalie position? Because like, to me, like what, like I get it. Like you want to like win, but we're not making a cup run. Like what you go out and get a, a veteran goalie, you pay him like a, a bunch of money, like for one year, like what's the, really the point of that when you can just have UPL play, you have maybe a, get like a guy that can get for cheaper, but we're not making a cup run right now. Like you want to win a couple. Well, more games I, I just in the don't know season. what's, I don't get why, why are you going to get mad if it's a one, if it's a one year contract, I don't care. Because the, the the team has thirty five million dollars in cap space, so I know, I, mean, I know. But like, what? Like, I just don't get how that really benefits the Sabers. Like, from a culture perspective, are you like bringing this guy just to like sure. bank, right? Like, why not just play UPL and have him get reps no, and see I, if he I, works out? I'm I'm of the mindset of signing a veteran guy, but not not going to. I mean, I don't know what what goalie that you're thinking of. Like, are you thinking of like signing like a Marc Andre Fleury, Fleury and just giving him the starting job? Is that what you're talking about? Well, I, I think w- that's a. I think a. I think so. The names. I think a, a Sabres. I mean, Jack Campbell, which he he's looking not that good. First of all, but he's also older. Kemp, Darcy Kemper. I would, I would sign Huso. Like, would you go after one sign, of these guys, or do you? Yeah, just trust I would. Si- I would sign. I would sign Jack Campbell for one year. And but do I you think he's going to want to do that? Do you think Campbell's going to want a one year deal right now? Well, I, if he doesn't, then we don't sign him. I just, I just don't know. Like, you're, Jack Campbell hasn't warranted a, a big contract, right? So, like, go sign him for a year for, I don't know, five or six million bucks and have him platoon with UPL. I mean, UPL hasn't shown us enough that it's like, oh, we, all we have to do is go get, like, a, a Craig Anderson again. So, like, Jack Campbell's kind of, Jack Campbell's kind of in, like, a prove-it situation himself. I think so I, he's going to get one, like a three-year deal or so. Okay, then go sign that somewhere else. I would not sign him for exactly. three years. But I think that's what a lot of Sabres fans are looking at right now. I think a lot of Sabres fans are looking at Billy Huso to sign for the next three or four no. years. I don't think you make that mistake. And I also don't think you sign a guy like Kemper, who I don't think he's even that good for a one-year contract for that amount of money because of, like I just said, I don't think you bring in a guy just to like – Dude, I would sign any of those money. guys. Any of those guys that you just mentioned, I would sign for one year. And I would, I would be fine with paying them for one year. Like, if it doesn't work out after this year and they suck, then you're off the hook. Like, they go sign somewhere else. If the, the Sabres aren't in a situation where they're, like, up against the cap for once. No, I so, get I'm not even saying from a money perspective. I just don't see any benefit in that. And, and the only thing I see from that is, is negative, honestly, because, you're, again, you're not winning. Like, you're not winning this year. So he comes in and he's just there to make you his money. You don't know that, dude. He's I, just I, making there to make his money, and who knows what he's like in the locker room and what that does for the young core. And okay, is he really like, involved? Like, so we're not would, really winning now. More we have three goalies in the pipeline. What would be your ideal situation then? Like, you who is who's your goalies next year? My goalies, like what you said, I, I would rather do a veteran signing with UPL as opposed to so any of those guys would be a veteran signing at this point. But I mean, I, I I mean, my ideal is to have Craig Anderson come back. I don't know if he's going to or not, but I think he so. You would rather have Craig room. Anderson be your backup than Jack Campbell. I don't think Campbell's going to sign a one-year deal. Okay, but that's a different question because I I'm I'm of the opinion I'm I'm with you, man. If they're not signing, well, yeah, a one-year honestly, deal, Craig Anderson's played better than Jack Campbell last year. So yeah, yeah, but Craig Anderson is also like 41 years old and he can barely stay healthy. So well, like, he ain't playing hey, every game. He, if you're signing Craig Anderson, you better have a pretty good 
starter in Rochester. Look, okay, he's let me put it this way. The year too. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't necessarily mind if that happened. I just don't see like. I think a lot of fans out you're, there you're are, like, saying, are, are making it act like they, we go do that, and now we're all of a sudden a cup contender, which is just not the case. So oh, it's like, okay. so it's but like the way why that you are framed they, like, it you, is that you wouldn't do it. Like The question of if these goalies would do it or not, that's a different discussion. If I'm Kevin Adams and I'm saying, like, if Jack Campbell's agent's like, dude, if you give this guy $5.5 million for a one-year deal, he'll come sign in Buffalo, I'm, I'm being like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. I do that. I I don't think Campbell will do that, but I, I guess I would do that. I just, I just think that a lot of Sabres fans are out there looking for that next, like I, I wouldn't give a long-term deal, which I think a lot of Sabres fans would, would do for Campbell. No, for Huso, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give for, anybody for, on for the market. These guys, I think deal. you have to, I, my, my main point was being, you have to like, you have to be patient. The, you have to be patient with the goal. We still have these goalies in, in the pipeline that I think can be the play. And well, you I don't basically think you just have, throw a bunch of money at these guys that are out there after having maybe a good year here or there. Um, and it's just – and it's the, – the other main point was we're not like a cup contender right now. So what is really the benefit of going after a guy for that long term or whatever it is? Just it, like if it, if anything, it could just negatively affect the room if, if not – you know, we're not going for a cup run or really anything like that. Yeah, but – so you're changing your argument, though, and I'm agreeing with you, but you started off by saying I wouldn't sign any of these guys for a big one-year contract, which I would, but I agree with you that I would not sign any of these guys for, for more than one year because that I could see. like That could definitely affect the room. That could definitely affect Portillo and Levi's decisions in the future because if you go sign Jack Campbell for a three- or four-year deal, now Portillo's probably definitely not going to come to Buffalo. He's going to be like, I have to go beat out Jack Campbell, UPL, and Devin Levi. Like, no, no shot. Levi – has publicly said that he's going to be coming to Buffalo after this next year of uh, at Northeastern, but that could also put that in jeopardy if you go sign a guy for for a long term. But if you sign a guy for one year, that I don't think that has any effect as far as the future goes. I, I think that there's no different if you sign a Jack Campbell. Again, like granted on their personality, I'm trusting Kevin Adams to be, you know, to vet these guys that they're they're going to be good for the room. But if we're just talking about contract and term specifically, if you go sign any of those guys you rattled off for one year, I think that is a very good move. I think so that's a do very you think smart though, move. Would you rat like, yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that either. But like, do you think like these guys are even like good players? Like that's the other like conversation. Are you, you well, just I think don't they're care. better than any, I, think they're, I think they're better than what we have. Like it's, it's a step up from a Craig Anderson who's going to be hurt for half of the year. It's a step up from a Dustin Tokarski. It's a step up from Aaron Dell. Like, I don't know what other – who if we don't sign Craig Anderson, and like I said, Craig Anderson, you better have a pretty good goal in Rochester because if you're signing Craig Anderson, your Rochester starter is going to be playing half of his games. Well, Subban, I think maybe you signed to be the Amherst starter. Okay. So you're telling me you'd rather go into next year with Malcolm Subban as your goalie than I'm any saying of those it other does, I'm saying it doesn't matter. Like, I'm saying I don't care. Really. I think it does, man. Like, the Sabres are going to be a, – a t- like, the NHL is in – is we talked about this last week too when I made my argument on the Sabres. The, the East is getting is at a turning point here, and it's and it's a time that they can make a push. Like they're going to be battling with a Detroit, um, Boston, like uh, who, who else is right there? The Islanders, uh, the the rain or not the rain? The Penguins. Like these are all teams. Like the Penguins, Boston. They're all falling off. They're getting older. Like Melkin's going to leave. Crosby's older. Latang's a free agent. Like they don't. They are a different team. Boston doesn't have a coach. Yeah, Bergeron's finally said he's going to be back, but these guys are they're they're old. Like I just think that if you sign a guy like a Jack Campbell, like a 
Vinny Huso, or who was the other guy that you mentioned there? Kemper. I mean, they could get hot and propel you. That, that could be the difference from missing the playoffs and, and making the playoffs. And I think if the Sabres made the playoffs next year versus coming in ninth or 10th and losing out by a couple of spots, that's a huge difference for the culture. Like making the playoffs and like the city would get behind them. Like that, that would be an insane, insane thing. Like think about when Tyrod brought the Bills to the playoffs that year. You remember going crazy on that, yeah. that Ravens oh, yeah. play? Like that was an, that ignited the fan base and arguably like started things before Josh Allen even got. got I just to think town. they, I just think they have to be careful. And I think that a lot of people are overblowing this whole goalie situation. And just the quote directly from Dreger too scares me when, I said, when it says, I think they're willing to take a chance on goaltending through free agency. Again, you have yeah. three goalies in the pipeline that one of them should pan out. Just don't do anything stupid with it. Don't overblow the situation. Don't, like you said, don't give these guys too much term or anything like that. Sure, the one-year deal is a different story, but I still, I, I just don't want them to do something too stupid where maybe you can go throw out some money at some other guys too that might be a, like, a, that you could actually have on the team for a longer term than these goalies. Like, I don't know. I would almost rather them use up their money on some other like forwards or defensemen that they're trying to bolster also on younger guys that are free agents or something like that. Um, I know there's a bunch of UFAs that just came out of Colorado on a team that just won the cup. that are 27 years old. Like it just don't get too caught up in this whole goalie situation. When you have three prospects with the other thing though, I don't want them to get too money happy with any of these UFAs either at forward. Because this is the same thing that yeah, happens. it goes for every position, I guess. But I just because yeah, there's a, there's a you know very what, you strong know what, focus what, you got, on goaltending when we when we seem to forget that that we have three prospects. But on the other, the thing, the point that I'm going to make too is, don't forget who you got up front on the back end. Like Tage Thompson is going to be a restricted free agent after this year. Like go sign Tage, go spend the money on Tage Thompson. Go sign your guys before you go do a Villy Lano situation where you go you know, throw a bunch of money at a free agent that had a, a pretty good playoffs, um, that maybe had a great year last year, and then is just a terrible contract down the line. Yeah. Do not do that. Take care of your guys first. And I think that's another reason why we're not going to see any splash free agent signings from Kevin Adams because, yeah, he has $30 million in cap space, but if you look at the roster and, like, who's going to be a free agent, who's going to get money coming up here, he's got a lot of guys to sign over the next couple of years that are quote unquote, your core guys now, like a Tage Thompson, like a um, Owen power, like all those guys are going to get contracts coming up. And if you're going to go tie your money up in like a Nishushkin or a Nick Paul, that's going to be a tough sell for, for these guys that are like, dude, are you forgetting about me? Like I, I'm the reason why we're, we're in the situation where you are looking even at signing a Nick Paul, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think any of those guys, they would really throw long term at though. I would give, I'd give those guys like two two year deals. I don't know th- those also those other guys that you're talking about. There, I, I know Tage is up there for RFA, but all the I mean, Owen Power just signed his ELC. You have Krebs is like still like a few more years on his entry level. Like you have these guys where if you give guys two year deals, it's gonna all match up anyway. So I don't know. Yeah, I I don't really see them throwing like I don't really see them going after maybe like an Andre Palat because he's gonna want like a seven eight year deal because he's like 31 years old. Um, and he's gonna want a lot of well, money, and he's coming off. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, you got Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins 
and Owen Power all hitting, or excuse me, and Matias Samuelson all hitting RFA after this year. After this upcoming season, they'll all be RFAs going into okay. 2023. The next year, RFA is a way bigger story though than UFA. Yeah, but you got to pay the guy. You got to yeah. pay the guy. Well, I um, mean, unless I, I mean, not as not as much as if he was UFA though, because what? Unless teams are offer sheet. Yeah, if he gets offer sheeted, you have to match it, right? Right. And he could take it arbitration. But anyway, and then you got basically you have to pay the guy a salary that he's willing to accept. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then the next year you got Krebs, Darlene, Yoki Haru, and Power. So like those are like over the next two seasons, you're that's like your core right there. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? And then you look at UFAs. I mean, uh, Oposo's Oposo is going to be a UFA after this year. Um, Gergensen's going to be UFA. I don't know if you want to bring any of those guys back, but like you, you got people, you got people to sign here. You got to take care of your guys. And you also have Olsen who's a, a RFA right now. Like, are you going to go pay him? So there's yeah. just a lot of decisions on this court. Aspen, yeah. another no. RFA that's going to be after this year. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, and then there's obviously this year with the UFAs, right? That if we want to bring any of those guys back, I don't think there's really any of them you're going to bring back except for me. Yeah, UF, UFAs this year, I, I don't think you bring any so of them back. you're saving money on those guys as well. Like, we still, like, I get all those guys are coming up. We still are very, like, we have a lot of money to spend. The UFAs for the Sabres this year are Cody Eakin, probably not coming back. John Hayden, I don't know. I could maybe see him signing a one-year contract for, like, the league minimum. Uh, Henestroza, uh, I don't know. I could go either way if he comes back, depending on what he's looking for. Uh, Butcher, definitely gone. Colin Miller, definitely gone. Mark Pissick, I think probably gone. Anderson, I don't know. Maybe he might retire. Tokarski, definitely gone, in my opinion. Kajula, probably gone. And Subban maybe signs a two-way deal in Rochester. So, like, most of those guys are gone. Do you say Henestroza? Yeah, I said he's he's a UFA. I said I don't I I could see us signing. I could also see us not. I don't know what he's looking for. I I wouldn't sign him for more than a one year contract, probably. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I want him back. Honestly, at this point, just with all the guys we have. Um, so when is the NHL draft? Then is that coming up in a? I believe it's July. Like next week? It might be next week. Yeah, I think it is NHL draft. Yeah, July seventh, next Thursday. Okay, so we'll be back for an episode before then um, so we can talk about that. Um, do you got anything else on, on Sabres offseason so far before it really it really hits it? And so another question, I guess, is the draft happen, and then once the draft happens, is that when, like, free agency starts, or does free agency start a little bit later than that? I believe NHL free agency starts on the 13th. Uh, yeah, July 13th. Okay, so yeah, so that's the week all coming after. Up. So that that's gonna be so big next week we got summer. the draft, and then the week after free agency starts. Okay, yeah, so that's gonna be big this summer for for Sabers. Um, I know last year we we were kind of anticipating a, a decently big off season with the Eichel stuff, but that didn't really happen until the end of the off season. I think this is gonna be a big one. I mean, the net to be honest with you, the next two to three, the four off seasons for the Sabers are gonna be huge. So. We'll see what let happens pose, in the next Let me months. pose a question based on uh, what we just talked about. You know, Tage Thompson coming off a, what, 38-goal season. He's 24 years old. He's making $1.4 million right now um, that he signed through this upcoming year, and then he's an RFA. 
Would mm-hmm. you, if you're the Sabres, try to re-sign him before the season starts? Or, and if you're Tage Thompson, do you, do you sign, would you, would you look for an extension before the season starts? I guess that, that's, that one's tough. <laughs> that I don't know. That's such a tough question. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, to be honest, if I'm the Sabres, like I might want to just do like, almost like kind of like what they did with Darlene and do like a bridge deal. If you could maybe get them like for like a two or three more years that now that might open you up to getting fleeced after those couple of years, if he continues to go off. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, to be honest, what, what, what are your thoughts on it? Cause I know that's kind of what they did with Darlene and like, I, you know, it, it kind of worked out for him. I think like he, he got a little bit of money, but they didn't want to sign him for that long-term deal. I, I don't, I just don't know if you, I don't think Tage is really obviously unbelievable year this past year. Like that was his only good year so far. Like I, I, I love him, but I do have to see a little bit more. See that it's like, it's just a big risk, man. Cause if he puts up another 30 plus goal year, He's gonna his number is gonna be way higher than it would be if you sign him right now. You, you know what I think, and I don't know. Maybe the NHL is just going this way now, but I almost think that this year, and I don't know what it was. There was something in the water, but I think this year was insanely inflated numbers. For if you look across the league, for every single team, there's guys scoring forty goals. Like there was there was so many guys that usually don't score as much as they do putting up numbers this year. So I don't know maybe if that's just gonna continue until next year. But I wouldn't be surprised, and I talked about this a couple of weeks or like months ago with Tage Thompson specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised if everybody in the league kind of goes back down a little bit. I mean, what, first time a player's had 60 goals in a season since Stamkos back in the day? It seemed like there was like 10, 40 goal scorers, like Mangiapani from Calgary who like randomly gets 40 goals this year. Obviously, Tage explodes for 38. Like everybody in the league this year had career years. I just don't know if that's going to happen again. So it's like – Honestly, if I'm Tage, I try to capitalize on that. If I'm the Sabres, I do wait it out. Like, you have to prove more. And, again, everybody literally had the best years of their career. I, I, there was just something going on different this year. It was, like, the first full season back again. The, the NHL wanted everything to happen. So, like, it was, like, everything in favor of the forwards and scoring and, you know, high-scoring high games. I could see that regressing back, not just for Tage Thompson, but for everybody. So, I, I don't know. That, I think that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm the Sabres – I think I tried to offer him like six mil at, at four years. Yeah. I think that that's fair because I don't, I don't see him getting 38 again. Like you were saying, I think, I think it was a, a kind of a crazy scoring year this year. Um, maybe some guys are going to come back to water, come back down. But if he scores 30 again, like if he, if he eclipses 30, he's going to immediately jump up to, I think like seven, $8 million territory in the next summer because he's, also down, he's now, he's now, he's 25. He will be 25 with two 30 goal seasons underneath him. And the dude's like six, what six, five. And he's, he's an yeah. absolute beast. Like the guy of his size takes longer to develop. So I feel like he's just hitting his stride now. You know what well, I'm something, saying? Something else you have to think about, not just for Thompson, but for a lot of these UFAs or RFAs that are coming up now, I think Bettman and the NHL announced that they're not increasing the cap for another two or three years, I think. I think it's two years. So there's going to be guys that are going to want to sign two-year deals just so that when their next contract is up, the cap's going to be more, and that's when people are going to get paid even more than they are now. Right. So, like, if you want to, like, lock someone down for, like, before the cap gets inflated, because once the cap goes up again, I mean, guys are going to be, like, the top players in the league are going to be making, like, 15 mil a year. Yeah. 
So it's like the like I was listening to a podcast the other day where they're talking about Johnny Goudreau, who's a UFA, right? Does he just sign like a two-year deal and then wait for the cap to go up and then just get paid again? Or does he capitalize off of this monster year he just had as well? But like again, everybody freaking had monster years this year. Maybe they want to take advantage of that and, and capitalize on that. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if people take bridge deals because of the cap going up as well. Um, but we'll see what happens, I guess. I don't know. Do you have anything else on? Do you on think anything? the Sabres make a draft day trade with any of their first round picks? I'm going to say no, just because I think Kevin Adams kind of like come, came out and, and I mean, he, he said he's open to everything, obviously, as, as he should, but I think he was saying how he expects to make all his picks in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ter- terribly mad. I know I've been preaching patience and everything. I wouldn't be terribly mad if one of them was traded for someone that I really like. And I, and I know I've been high in Kevin Fiala. So if it was a trade like that, where, you know, that's a young player um, and that we can pay or something like that, you know, I wouldn't be mad, but I, I want them to keep like at least two of them. I don't think you, if you're going to trade anything, I think you just, you, you trade one of your first rounds. You, there's no, way you can trade more than one of them. Um, but if, if I had to guess, I don't think they're going to do too much with that, but who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on. Um, oh, real quick, actually, I, I had a question for you. The Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2022 was just announced actually today as we're recording this on Monday. I didn't have any opinion on it. I just was wondering if you, because maybe you're a little bit older, you had a little bit, I mean, you're only two years older and you didn't really get to see him play, but Alexander McGillney, a hot topic, did not make the Hall of Fame. I didn't, you know, really care because he wasn't my time. Did that, that I mean, he wasn't my time to you. I know. Is that, do you think that's older Sabres fans are upset about that? I mean, I don't know. He was electric for the Sabres, but I wouldn't even like, like, was yeah. he even like, was he even? Yeah. He'd over, I just looked at his hockey DB earlier. Cause I was wondering, cause I saw people upset on it. Like WGR tweeted about it. He had over a thousand points in like 900 games. He had a 76 goal se- goal year with the Sabres. Um, I think he won. Yeah, I think he's a cup champion. I think he won the gold medal. I think he won the gold medal in World Juniors, Olympics, cup champion. I think he has a a lot of accolades, maybe like four or five-time All-Star. I mean, over a 1,000 points. So, I mean, I didn't really care as a Sabres fan. I'm just – I think there are probably older Sabres fans. Like, I wonder what dad thinks about that, if he thinks he should be a Hall of Famer or not. So, um, I think he did play the majority of games in the NHL with the Sabres as well. Um, He had – he had one – Two, three, four, five, six seasons with the Sabres, it looks like. Um, well, it's – yeah. And then Canuxia. Yeah, it looks like he played the most most seasons with the Sabres. Mm-hmm. But um, it looks like he went over to – I don't know, went over to Russia for some – Oh, that, yeah, went to the I KHL for a year. Yeah. I guess that was kind of like a big controversy back in the days too, but – I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't care that he didn't make it. I just was wondering if maybe other Sabres fans listening kind of had more of a stronger opinion. Yeah, I mean, I know that he was awesome when he played for the Sabres. You know, scored a bunch of goals, but um, I it's it's not like the same. I don't have the same attachment as I would to like a Ryan Miller, you know, like a Chris Drury type type player. So yeah, Alfredson made the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Sedin brothers, Luongo, so a couple other guys, I think, but. Um, all right, so I think that – oh, do you want to do our little – our last segment before we wrap up that you, you want to bring to the table? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why don't you explain to the folks? Uh, in, in celebration of the Stanley Cup final, you know, I was just throwing out some ideas to talk about before the podcast, and I threw out the idea of Sam and 
Sam and I, given our hypothetical uh, day with the cup, if either of us were to win the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And first of all, before we talk about it, I mean, talk about just a class act celebration in professional sports. Like I always just get like the, the hockey playoffs and this, and we've talked about, you know, would you rather win a Super Bowl or Stanley cup? The Stanley cup presentation is hockey's the the best sport for it. For well, it's the best trophy. The trophy. It's the best trophy. It's the best presentation in football and basketball. And I'm not sure so, so much in baseball, but I feel like the trophy always goes to the owner first right in hockey it goes to the players first it's just it's just these guys just want it so much worse than anything in their life like it's the most genuine like trophy and like i don't know the hockey guys are just built different there's it's a different breed it's so much more genuine in my opinion than any other sport football basketball are just so like money grabs and all that stuff it's just so fake to me sometimes and obviously i'm a huge bills fan and i love the nfl but it's just something different about hockey and watching the trophy the the stanley cup presentation every year just gets me fired up every time. Like it's just like, I need the Sabres to win one of these. Like, I don't know about you watching it, but me watching that, them, you know, passing the cup. I love how they have the different lineup, like already set, right. The captain gets it. And he usually gives it to the veterans first. The guys that have been playing for 15 years, they have a nice like lineup set up who gets it next. You go around the skate with it, the kiss, the cup. Like, it's just awesome to watch. And I could watch that for like, you know, I love just sitting there after the cup is awarded to the to the team, just watching these guys love it because I mean they work so hard for that thing. You guys are playing with broken ribs, broken foot. Um, it's just yeah. the most genuine trophy, best trophy of all time, too. So just want to throw that out out there. It always gets me a little emotional watching that celebration. Um, day with the cup, though. First of all, before day with the cup, if you had the chance to touch the cup, would you touch the cup? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay for us because we never played it. Like, never. Had <laughs> I'm not. A I'm not trying. I'm not trying to make a move to the NHL anytime soon. So I'm going to touch the cup. <laughs> no, I know. I I think I would agree with that, and I I think that's. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's kind of a thing to talk about though, because like, I think if you're a former NHL player who didn't, if I was a former NHL player and I never won one, I don't think I would touch it because you had the opportunity to win one, right? You were in the league. You had that chance. Obviously, we were never close to that. I think it's different for like someone that never played in the league. I don't think it's frowned upon as much yeah. to touch it. Um, but day with the cup. I mean, I don't. I don't think I have like, I don't know, crazy like ideas or anything. I mean, we just kind of came out with this on the last second, so I'm going off of uh, off the top of the head right now. Anyway, but I think I would like honestly just like take it to the lake. Right. I think that'd be the big thing is just like have the whole family at the lake house or something at our parents' house, and just like go out on the boat with it. Um, just enjoy it. I mean, obviously drink some beer out of the, out of, out of it. Just, I don't know, have a day. I think bringing that thing on the boat, almost like Tampa Bay lightning style is kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's probably, what I would do if I had a day, I would bring it to the lake and just bring it wherever I go. Yeah. I was thinking that, or I'd have, I'd have dad build the ice rink in the backyard <laughs> and play pond hockey like have have buddies over and play pond hockey with the cup with the cup <laughs> yeah that'd be sick except for the fact that it's like june and then like there's no like i didn't ice think about that. out there but i mean i, I guess if you want to wait till the winter time when the season's already started again <laughs> yeah. also i would definitely uh i definitely have mom make spaghetti and meatballs and eat it out of the cup <laughs> yeah that's i don't know one. why i think that'd be sick <laughs> yeah you got to eat something out of it cereal um just eat every meal out of it possible. Just wash that thing out every after every meal and just eat everything out of it. Yeah. Would be your would be your go to meal besides spaghetti and meatballs in it, or is that would that be your go to? I mean, that would have been my go to. 
spaghetti yeah it's probably spaghetti spaghetti and meatballs like i feel like it's like the perfect perfect meal for that i feel <laughs> like it's like a, a nice bowl. i feel like it's like you could nice even use it too. you could probably use it as uh yeah you could do it solo but you could also maybe like use it as a centerpiece for like a big dinner and you put the spaghetti and meatballs in that you know you serve it out of it if everybody wants a little bit of a taste um or or use it as uh use it as a blue cheese holder for your wings and dip wings in it that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> that's in a lot that's a lot of blue cheese in there um yeah, you got you got to get a lot of blue cheese and drench it yeah i don't know if you saw the clips of the the abs after last night they're just rolling through the airport after rolling through i think they got back to colorado um i don't know we'll see we'll excited to see the the days with the cup coming up i think most legendary day with the cup like of recent memory was like ovechkin i just remember like ovechkin was on like a summer long bender after they won the cup i think he was like all yeah. over social media like he was like in the fountains with it but yeah glorious trophy i mean that thing is beautiful love to see it in person but yeah want the sabers to get there someday but you got anything else on your date with the cup anything else you'd rather you want to do with it <laughs> i guess it was a pretty underwhelming segment i just my big thing was eating spaghetti and meatballs out of the cup <laughs> i don't I mean, know why i had that like vision i'm like that'd be sick yeah, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. I mean, I feel like we could, we could come up with some other funny things, but nothing's really clicking right now. I mean, but. taking it to the lake is just, you know, easy money. Yeah, it's just chilling there, like, while you're just, like, out in the back playing cornhole or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, dude, talk about bringing it on the boat. I mean, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning boat parade was sick. Like, just, like, ripping around on the water with it. Like, come on now. Um, yeah, Bas- you know, Finger Lakes, Tampa Bay boat parade, same thing. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh just don't pull a brady and like throw it and almost freaking drown it in the ocean the, yeah. the super bowl but a life jacket cabinet all right well i think that kind of wraps everything up then for this week's episode hopefully you guys enjoyed listening thank you guys for tuning in if you did um go bills go sabers as always and i believe we will talk to you next week oh actually next next week i was gonna ask you about this we can just talk about this real quick may, we might be coming with a late drop just because i i think fourth of july is on monday so maybe yeah. uh record tuesday and, and release the episode wednesday so we'll make that official online for you guys to see but um look for next week's episode on wednesday probably um instead of tuesday but thank you guys again for listening in go bills go sabers and we'll talk to you next time Peace. i just bought a 2005 looks brand new Never made a flop, not a sandal. Nah, I don't trust them in they line like a dandle. Precision with the way I pick my circle like a banjo. Where would I be if I still counted on ya? Right where I was. Now I could sneeze and drop a hundred thousand on ya. One, two, yeah. It's just a mix of the good days and the bad ones. Hope the good days outweigh the bad ones. Get your money right and let it rack up. If I go, at least I know I meant something to someone. Someone to Yeah uh, Cause you kiss like Cotton candy Don't wanna save you You don't need no vigilante Wanna do a little Dancey dance You look cause you a fancy pants